Hello everyone and welcome to All Things View with View Magazine. I am your host, Adrena Martin Tober, and thank you for tuning in. Visit us online at www.viewmagazine.com. That's V-E-U magazine.com. We are your one-stop shop for all things business, entrepreneurship, and a positive media outlet for you. So www.viewmagazine.com. Today we have a very special guest with us here again. Her name is Dr. Sheila Williams. She is a mental health advocate, so we're very excited to talk to her today. So stay tuned and we'll bring her right back. Hello everyone, welcome back to All Things View with View Magazine. And like I told you before, we have a very special guest with us here today. Her name is Dr. Sheila Williams. We're excited to have her on. How you doing today, Dr. Williams? I'm doing great, great, thank you. That's good, and thank you for coming on and speaking with us today. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get right into it, because I know you're a mental health therapist, an educator, and a motivational speaker, and an author, so you got a lot of things going on. So um, <laughs> so let's get started. So let's, how did you get started into, in the mental health field, and what is the significance of that to you? Well, um, as I mentioned in my book, I, you know, have my mom, she suffered from clinical depression, but all through my childhood and teenage years and in my early 20s, we did not know what it was. She didn't know what it was, but we just knew that something was very different with my mother. So, you know, going through all of that as a child and a teenager, I started researching myself because I just wanted to know, like, what are these behaviors? What's going on? Because we went back and forth to the doctor, but they never diagnosed her with mental illness or clinical depression until after I actually graduated from college. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I tell everybody that this career chose me. I didn't actually choose the career because obviously with everything that was going on in my family with my mother, it was just kind of like me searching for what was going on. And in my search, I changed my major from math to psychology and then on to the master's degree and so forth. So I just have a love for the career and I know that it is uh, definitely where I was supposed to be, both on a personal level and professional level. Uh, you know, having the experience is where I just found a love for it, and I'm here 20, 25 years later still in this field. So wow. I know it's actually where, I, you know, where God wanted me to be. So, yeah. Okay. And, cause, and, you know, a lot of people, um, when it comes to mental health, I know May was Mental Health Awareness Month, and a lot of people, you know, they tend to just bring awareness to and talk about things on that one month. But as you know, this affects people all year round. You know, like you said, with your mom, you had to deal with that. What are some things that um, that you can tell the listeners about mental health? You know, for people that may just not be that informed about it, what are some, I guess, maybe different statistics or different, um, <clears throat> excuse me, different things that you can tell the listeners about mental health and how it affects the people around, like your loved ones and just things they may not know? Yes, I'm glad you asked that question because, you know, with my mother, it wasn't that she said, oh, I feel like, you know, I have a mental illness. It's not like that. It felt to her, the way she explained, she would say, oh, I feel really tired, or because she had clinical depression, you know, she didn't really like to be involved in a lot of things. She just wanted to, you know, sleep a lot. She slept a lot. Um, And sometimes I tell people, you know, depending on the, the mental illness, it can kind of manifest or show itself as a physical 
ailment. So when we were taking her back and forth to the doctor, they were prescribing muscle relaxers, pain relievers, you know, medication for headaches, stomach aches. But it wasn't necessarily a physical ailment. It was a mental illness manifesting itself as if it was a physical ailment. So I tell people a lot of times, you know, just being aware of your body, being aware of yourself. If you know that something is not quite the same or you have a loved one that's not acting the same as they used to act or, you know, they're in the house and they don't want to come out or they maybe the opposite. They used to participate in a lot of things and now they're not interested or vice versa. They want to get out and they want to do everything. Mm-hmm. And before they really weren't that type of person. So, Right. You know, you just want to be mindful with yourself if you do feel that your body is changing or your moods are changing or there are things that you used to be very interested in and you're not interested in them anymore. Mm-hmm. Or with your loved ones, if their behaviors start to change and you see some things that are alarming, you know, you want to, you know, just talk to them and say, hey, are you okay? Is there anything I can help you with? Maybe we should go to the doctor. Also to go to the doctor with them. It's all about unconditional love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just being there for the person and letting them know that you care about them. Right, exactly, exactly. And and I think a lot of people, when it comes to mental health, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, like you say, they, somebody, they're one way today and then tomorrow they're different, but a lot of people, they tend to write them off or they tend to, you know, just, and I guess it just comes from them not having an understanding of how mental health affects people. So, um I yeah. definitely think that's, you know, it's important for more people to be educated about that. And definitely, I want to talk a little bit about mental health in regards to the African-American community, and especially with men, because I know, you know, and I guess with men in general, they don't, you know, they don't want to go to the doctor and get help and things like that. So why do you why? think, um, you know, as African-Americans, why do you think it's such a, I guess, taboo subject to talk about in our community? Well, I think it's great that we're, we're talking about this and we're starting to get a conversation going. By all means, I don't feel like it's discussed enough. But mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, like you mentioned earlier with May being Mental Health Awareness Month, actually July is National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So, mm-hmm. you know, as long as we continue to have the conversation, as long as we continue to, you know, try to get the education out there that when you have a mental illness, it kind of affects the rest of your body. It mm-hmm. makes you, like I said before, makes you kind of feel like you may have a physical ailment. Um, when you mention about men and minorities not really wanting to address mental illness or even our mental health, it's often seen that, or often thought, that if you have a mental illness, it's, it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. It's a sign that you're not strong. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the African-American community and, and other minorities, Definitely in the African-American community, I believe it goes back to slavery when we were not able to show a weakness. We weren't able to show our emotions. Mm -hmm. So for many, many years, obviously, we have learned to suppress those emotions and to just deal with a lot of pain. So as Mm -hmm. African-Americans, we're very used to dealing with a lot of stressors in life, Mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of circumstances and situations, and we just learn to cope with them. But when it comes to mental illness, Sometimes just trying to carry all of that on your shoulder alone, it doesn't work. So the mental illness just stays and it starts to manifest. And if you're not well mentally, then it affects your loved ones, your family members, your children. 
It affects your ability to work. It affects your ability to, you know, save and spend your money wisely. It affects so many different things, again, depending on the mental illness. So I think with men and African-Americans is in, in general, of course that's in general because it's always exceptions to the rules. It's not everybody. Right. But we, in general, have learned to be very, very strong. And that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to mental illness, we need to treat it just like we treat physical ailments, medical conditions where if you have a headache, you take medication. Mm-hmm. If your ankle, you twisted your ankle and it's still bothering you, go to the doctor. Right. You know, if you have high blood pressure. I mean, we treat all of that. But when it comes to mental illness, mm-hmm. we just, you know, nice. we just don't. It's, it's, a, it's still very taboo. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very happy that we do have a Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm very happy that, you know, July is um, Minority Mental Health Month, Mental Health Awareness Month. But I, I do believe that it's an everyday thing. We don't ignore our physical health <laughs> on day-to-day basis. Right, so we exactly. can't ignore our mental health. Right, right. And, and I didn't even know, when did, has that been around for a while? Because I didn't even know there was a Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, only for a couple of years. It's, it's not as advertised, unfortunately, and promoted as, um, you know, May, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, but, um, you know, and that's why, I mean, on my social media, I'm trying to blow it up because a lot of people are not aware that this month even, you know, this awareness month even right. exists. And, um, you know, I think the thing is just to continue the conversation, like you said, whether it's May, July, September, December, it's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he hasn't really been along very long, been around very long. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Now, and I, I want to get into mental health with the youth because there's so many youth committing suicide and, you know, kids getting bullied in school and over social media. Um, how early do you see mental health issues in children? Well, you can see it as early as elementary school because, again, you know, there are so many stresses in life that adults go through. We go through financial problems. We go through, you know, um, divorce or separation from a significant other. We have loss of parents and loved ones. You know, there are so many stressors that adults go through. Mm -hmm. So when we have children, uh, it's, you know, sometimes we realize, you know, Children are very resilient, but they still receive the impact of what's happening with their parents. So we can't ignore that, oh, they're going to be okay, mm-hmm. because they are a part of the family dynamic as well. So mm-hmm. if there's financial strain, if there's separation, and, and mom used to be in the house, and dad used to be in the house, and they're not here anymore, you know, uh, if there's a loss of a sibling or a loved one, they experience that loss as well. If there's financial strain, they know that they used to get, like, three meals a day and snacks in between, right. and now they're eating at school and only dinner, you know? So it's like, you know, we can't forget the children. Mm-hmm. And I am obviously a child of a mother who had mental illness. Thank God I had a very strong <clears throat> support system around me, and I was able to, you know, have people who poured into me. Again, we didn't even know it was mental illness. So, but again, I had mentors, and I had my father who was there, and I had so many other family members and close loved ones, church members, who poured into me where some children may not have that. And right. then a child does not have, you know, the support that they need, or they're not able to express their emotions, sometimes they become depressed 
or we see them acting out in school and they have behavioral problems. So it can manifest in many different ways and, and it can definitely go uh, start as early as elementary school. So, you know, we just have to take into consideration, yes, children are very resilient, but children grow up to be adults who have not necessarily um, addressed things that have happened to them when they were children. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you know, you hear about it or, or you maybe have experience where, okay, yeah, that happened to me in childhood and I didn't really deal with it. I just got past it. But if you don't deal with the things that occur in your childhood, once you become an adult, I mean, it kind of just snowballs and you have to deal with it at some point in your life if you're going to live a healthy life. Right. So it's very important that we remember the mental health of our, of our children. Mm. That's interesting, because um, I know it's just, you know, and like you say, children, they don't know how to really deal with different things, so they don't know it, and you know, a lot of them, they probably don't want to tell their parents and things like that, so I just, it's just really disheartening to just see so many youth, um, you know, experiencing that, and I want to talk about um, um, Governor Nathan Dill, his commission on children's mental health. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. Well, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking very positively about it because if you think about, you know, perhaps when you were in school, when I was in school, there's typically one guidance counselor for the school, maybe two. Sometimes when you get in high school, uh, there may be one per grade level. But typically elementary and middle school, there's one guidance counselor for the entire school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you're talking about 800, 1,000 kids and one guidance counselor. Right. You know, and so when you when you speak about, uh, you know, teachers, teachers are educators. They're not counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally you may have a teacher who, you know, maybe did a psychology program, but they are in the school system to teach, not necessarily be counselors. Mm-hmm. So if you are a teacher and you have 30, 32, 35 children in a class, and you have a child in your class who is suffering from clinical depression or a child who actually may be bipolar and, and, and may be diagnosed or not diagnosed, child with behavioral issues because there's, you know, maybe domestic violence or something else going on in the home. There's so many things that's going on in those 30, 35 kids that you have in a class and you have one teacher. Right. A teacher, not a counselor. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that we, you know, when we think about these things, that we break it down and we realize that, you know, educators have a, a huge role um, that they play. Not only teaching and educating our children, they have to be cognizant as well to be able to identify when there's social emotional issues going on, perhaps with the child that's in their classroom. But even when they do, remember there's only one guidance counselor in the school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, and the school psychologist is typically not on the one campus. The school co- psychologist is probably um, for the entire district or a region within the district. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited that this is happening. I'm very excited that he's calling attention to the mental health of our children because clearly, again, as I stated before, if we don't address the mental health of our children, our adolescents, then they become adults who have not dealt with issues very early on and then they become adults who are mentally ill. So we can address it at a very you know, at a much earlier stage in life, then mm-hmm. we can get them the treatment, the counseling. I don't 
I believe that everybody has to take medication, but sometimes medication is needed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you can get that medication if it's needed, and then you learn how to cope and manage and deal with the mental illness um, right. in a healthy way, as opposed to, you know, self-medicating or just, you know, shoving it in the closet and not dealing with it at all. Mm-hmm. Now, are there any signs when it comes to people being suicidal? Are there, are there some signs that, because I know everybody handles things differently. So, you know, some people, they might be fine one day, and then the next day they you find out that they've committed suicide. So are there any, I guess, like common things that people can look for if someone may be suicidal or may be depressed? Yes, definitely. I mean, usually there are signs that occasionally most people, you know, um, will show you some kind of sign or they will express something. Again, typically when people are committing um, or contemplating, I should say, suicide, their behaviors will change. Um, Mm -hmm. Typically they will become withdrawn. Uh, They may even say things like, you know, nobody cares and what difference does it make if I'm not here. You know, statements like that are very serious and we should never just blow them off. Uh, occasionally, when someone is contemplating suicide, they may give away very expensive gifts or things that they once cherished and would never give away, mm-hmm. you know, but they give away very expensive items because, you know, they're planning to not be here anymore. So they may give that to, you know, very close friends and or relatives. Uh, they may become very withdrawn and not, again, participate in activities that you would normally see them participating in and those statements that they make are very important um and it's again it's always about paying attention to our loved ones our family members our friends okay why did you say that what does that mean Mm -hmm. you know and specifically if they have gone through any kind of traumatic or significant event Mm -hmm. uh it's very important if they've lost a, a very close loved one if you know, they've lost a job. You see that a lot in the news. You know, some people lose a job and it, it doesn't bother them at all. Mm-hmm. But if a person um, has, you know, struggled very, very hard to get this job or they've been on this job for a very long time or they're experiencing other stresses in life and then they lose the job, it can be very devastating to someone. So, mm-hmm. again, like you stated before, people, we all deal with things very differently. So it's just being aware and showing that care and concern and paying attention to, you know, our loved one's uh, behavior and their right. statement because it, it can mean a world difference. Okay. Well, I said, I'm definitely, I'm sure all the listeners out there can definitely take some things back. Because like I said earlier, you know, a lot of people, they just, they're, they just don't know, you know, they're just not educated on, you know, the whole mental, you know, mental illness and even how to deal with different people like that. Um, Another thing I want to ask you is say, you know, if people are around, like say someone has someone on their job that they see is a little, you know, they may be, they may be dealing with something. Of course they're not saying it, but how should someone deal with someone with mental illness, you know, instead of just doing what, you know, some people do, they just kind of, isolate them and don't want to talk to them, but how should someone deal with someone in a way that they can kind of get on, you know, really, I guess, really buy with them without, you know, doing the typical, what most people do, just, just, um, kind of isolate them and throwing away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Well, I think on a job situation, it depends on, and this is personally actually happened to me before, um, you know, it depends on how close you are with that individual. Uh, if you are a close friend to that, uh, you know, co-worker in a situation where I was, uh, he said something to me. Uh, he was going through a divorce, and um, he had been married for, I don't know, a very long time, many years, and uh, it was very devastating to him. And he said to me what I said earlier. He said, it, it, I don't think it even matters for me to be here anymore. Mm. And, um, you know, and I heard what he said, and it just resonated in my soul. And, uh, you know, even though we weren't friends really necessarily outside of work, we had a very close working relationship. Mm-hmm. So I said, does that, does that mean what I think it means? And he says, well, I just don't, I just don't even see any reason for living. And so mm-hmm. when he said that statement to me, I said to him, you know, you have children and you all, you know, you always have a reason to, to live. Um, and he just stopped the conversation there. He didn't want to talk about it anymore. So I didn't press the issue, but I did go to my HR department mm-hmm. and I let him let my HR department know that I'm very concerned about him and these are the statements that he made. Right. And I said to them, you know, I think he's really contemplating suicide. I'm not, you know, at that time I, I didn't even have my master's degree yet. Mm-hmm. But I said, he made the statement to me and I don't want to brush it off. So uh, they called him in and they got him with EAP, Employee, Employee Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. And he did... Um, disclosed to them that he had contemplated suicide, and so he was admitted um, to, the, to the hospital for several days for uh, treatment for his, um, you mm. know, for his mental health. Right. So, thank God. Oh, right. <laughs> he came back to work sure. a couple of weeks later. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, he came back to, week, uh, to work a couple of weeks later, and he thanked me. Um, so I was really happy about that. So, again, you know, just being aware, if you are not close to the individual and you just kind of see something not right, Again, if you have an HR department, go to the HR department, go to a supervisor, or, I mean, call, I mean, if it's very blatant or you definitely have a concern, you know, I say call 911, you know, call them and let them know what you're seeing Mm -hmm. so that they can make the discretion because they have been trained. Um, And they are able to ask those questions of the individual, and then they are able to say, okay, we need to take you with us for further evaluation or no. Because at least at that point, you have attempted to get this person help, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I always feel that you want to err on the side of caution because you don't want to, you know, I, I would prefer to take that route than to just say, oh, he's not doing, he, she's not going to do nothing. Right. And then you come back to work the next day and you find out that something has happened to this individual and they, you know, committed suicide. Right. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You really don't want to do that. Right. Okay. Well, definitely, um... You're giving some great advice and great tips, and definitely, I don't know, I've learned a lot about um, mental health myself just from listening to you. So, so definitely thank you for coming on, and I want to ask you, do you have anything planned, like maybe any events that you might be a part of this month for Minority Mental Health Awareness Month? Um, as I mentioned before, you mentioned I am a published author. The title of my book is My Mother's Keeper. I have been um, asked to participate in the NAACP um, convention that's going to take place uh, later this month in Baltimore, Maryland. So I'll be one of the authors that's going to be featured there at the NAACP uh, convention uh, okay. in, in, at the end of July. So I'm very excited about that. Um, there are a couple other uh, events that I have going on. I have a book signing 
that's going to take place at um, Barnes & Noble in um, the Noonan location here in Atlanta Metro. Okay. And uh, a few other things. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about that. But I'm also very excited, like I said, I'm very excited about being able to participate in the NAACP National Convention and being one of the featured um, authors there. So, oh, that's um, huge. Yes, yes. So we continue to have things going on and, you know, just kind of continue to promote um, mental health awareness in the community as much as possible and around the world. Because, um, of course, we spoke about, you know, how it affects minorities, but it affects everyone because we all have mental health. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, tell everyone, where can they get your book and where can they learn more about you, all your social media information, everything? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you can go to my website, which is www.drsheilacwilliams.com. Uh, my social media is all my name as well, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, it's Dr. Sheila D. Williams. And uh, my book is titled My Mother's Keeper. It's available pretty much everywhere online. It's available through Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, uh, Walmart.com, Amazon.com, mm-hmm. uh, ChristianBooks.com, okay. and any other, you know, any other platform. So basically, My Mother's Keeper, if you type it in or type my name in, Dr. Sheila D. Williams, uh, it should come up for you. Okay. And then do you have any, <clears throat> excuse me, do you have any final words that you want to say or add on about, um, just kind of to sum up everything that we discussed today? Um, I just want to reiterate that mental health is health. And if we, you know, if we think about it that way, we would not separate it. Mental health is health. And as I stated before, you have a broken toe, mm-hmm. if, you know, you have a headache, you have diabetes, high blood pressure, we treat all of that, but when it comes to mental health, we tend to put that in a separate box, and we don't uh, treat it the same. Right. Mental health is a part of your health, so that is what I just really want to reiterate, that mental health is health. So mm-hmm. if you think about it that way, I think that we'll address it a little bit differently. Right. Okay. All right, well, thank you for coming on today. And like I said, I'm sure the listeners, I know myself, have been able to learn some things from you. So like I said, thank you for coming on. Oh, and, thank you. Um, congratulations on your book and your upcoming projects that you have on. And I wish you much success here. Thank um, you so much. I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. And you have a good day. <laughs> thank you. You too. All right. Bye.